Imagine being an indigenous woman, murdered and raped, at the trial to determine the fate of the man who did this to you. The evidence is presented to an entirely non-indigenous, male-dominated jury. Your sexual history is used to prove consent. The protection the law promises for victims of sexual violence is not provided. Your genitalia is displayed for the entire courtroom to see. This was Cindy Gladue's experience with the justice system. The treatment of Indigenous peoples, more specifically women, in the justice system has been a concern raised by many for years. There have been many horror cases of the mistreatment of Indigenous women. Kathleen Harris, in an interview with CBC News, said, This case really became much more than the legal principles at play. Cindy Gladue really became the face of how Canada's justice system often treats Indigenous women, and not very well, and how it doesn't afford them the protections and dignity that they deserve. It is time for a change in the justice system, and the treatment of Cindy Gladue's case is why. Cindy Gladue was a mother of three, only 36 years old when she died. Gladue was a Métis woman from Edmonton, Alberta, where it is a no secret that Indigenous peoples are treated very poorly. She died from an 11-centimeter wound to her vaginal wall after an evening spent drinking with Bradley Barton, following with Barton paying Gladue for sex as he had the night before. Barton claims that she was performing oral sex while he inserted his hand into her vagina, and as he was about to begin vaginal sex, he noticed she was bleeding. Barton claims he believed she was on her period and refused to pay her. In the story provided in court, she then went to the washroom to clean up and he fell asleep. The next morning, Barton saw Gladue dead after bleeding out in the bathtub in his motel room. I think it's a, a step forward that the court has recognized that in cases of sexual assaults involving Indigenous women and girls, that there's an obligation on courts, on judges, to be gatekeepers, to ensure that bias, prejudice, racism and sexism do not form part of the evidence, are not what juries and judges rely on to make their decisions. This is a big step forward. I think when we talk about Cindy, she represents the bigger problem and, and the lack of leadership that we are getting at the provincial and federal le levels from our leaders. It, I think it sent a really strong message that if you're an Indigenous woman in Alberta, your life doesn't matter. He said our criminal justice system holds out a promise to all Canadians. Everyone is equally entitled to the law's protection and to be treated with dignity, humanity and respect. Ms. Gladue was no exception. She was a mother, a daughter, a friend, and a member of her community. Her life mattered. The first issue in Gladue's case was the lack of protection the law provided for her. To fully understand the severity of racism and unfair treatment in Gladue's case, we must have a brief understanding of the criminal code. The Criminal Code was created in 1867, though there have been many amendments to the code since then. 
The ultimate purpose of the criminal code is to define what a criminal offense is, as well as the degree of punishment that offense should receive. The criminal code outlines procedures that should be followed during the conviction of a criminal offense in order to be concluded with a non-biased ruling. It is estimated that 40% of the code deals with proper procedures, while the other 60% deals with defining criminal offenses. The criminal code is divided into many sections, but we will solely take a deeper look at Section 5, Sexual Offenses, Public Morals, and Disorderly Conduct. Within this section of the code, the Rape Shield Law exists. This law was introduced in the 1980s and was created in order to limit the defendant's counsel from using the accuser's sexual history as evidence in a rape or sexual assault trial. There are few times when this law is exempt. If there is previous history between the accuser and the accused, or if consent can be proved. The Rape Shield Law requires the defendant to submit a written application if they wish to introduce the prosecution's prior sexual history, whether this is with the defendant or someone else. The judge will then review this application and determine whether it is relevant or not in the case. This law was created in order to prevent information that is not relevant to the case from reducing or removing credibility of the victim. In Gladue's trial, her prior sexual history specifically the fact that she was a sex worker, was entered into evidence and used to prove consent. In the discussion whether a retrial should take place or not between justices of the Supreme Court, Justice Andrew Mache Karakatsanis asked the fact that someone is a prostitute and may have engaged in sexual activity in a commercially based transaction on a previous occasion, how is that possibly relevant to the issues this jury had to decide? which is a question concerning how sex work can prove consent. The only answer is that it does not. Justice Michael Moldaver stated that prior sexual history is allowed into evidence in very few situations because of its ability to cause a biased ruling, and stated that in Gladue's case, caution to prevent prejudice got all skipped over. Moldaver stated that her life mattered. She was valued. She was important. She was loved. Her status as an indigenous woman who performs sex work did not change any of that in the slightest, and that consent on one occasion does not provide consent on another. It would be a mistake of law to say she consented the night before, therefore I can assume she's going to consent tonight. That is classic error of law. That is rape mythology, Justice Moldaver says. Barton claimed that on the previous encounter he had with Gladue, the sex was nearly identical, to the sex that they had on the night that she died, which is exactly why their previous transaction should not have been allowed into evidence. Moldaver also said that the second sexual encounter between Gladue and Barton was much more forceful and extreme. Now, if the courts are going to bring Gladue's sexual history into evidence, it only makes sense to bring Barton's in as well. What the jury did not know when acquitting Barton for first-degree murder and manslaughter was that a laptop had been found containing his belongings and had an internet history with violent pornography, including the insertion of foreign objects into a woman's vagina and the torture of women. The laptop was determined as inadmissible into evidence because it was obtained illegally, yet Gladue's sexual history being presented in the court was illegal as well. Barton's lawyer, Dino Bottos, said that it was completely prejudicial and had no probative value, which it is. 
but just as the way the sexual history of Gladue was as well. The next issue Gladue faced in her trial was dehumanization. She was referred to as Native Woman and Prostitute instead of her name. In the discussion of the retrial, it was stated that referring to her as this stripped her human dignity and likely tainted the minds of the jury to see her life as less valuable than others. Not only was Gladue referred to in a disgusting way, she was treated just as poorly. For the first time ever in Canada, vaginal issue was admitted into evidence and brought into the courtroom to examine. Her tissue was used to prove that her murder was deliberate and harm was intentional, but this has never been done before. The dehumanization involved in bringing vaginal tissue of an alleged raped and murdered girl is immense and never would have happened to a man or a non-Indigenous woman. On the same topic of dehumanization, not only was Gladue's tissue brought into the courtroom, but photos of the wound on her vagina were shown in the courtroom. Her mother was scarred from seeing these. Lastly, there was plenty of evidence showing Barnes' attempt to conceal Gladue's death, destroy evidence regarded to it, and provide exculpatory explanations to people after she died. Barnes admitted to this. Barton did not call 911 immediately after finding her body, but rather attempted to remove evidence showing he was there by rearranging the bedding, cleaning the bathroom, throwing a bloody towel he used to clean the victim's blood off of himself into a nearby garbage, and checking out of the hotel room. All of this evidence may point to a different verdict, but the jury was told to exclude it from their ruling, with the exception of when this evidence may result in acquittal. Barton ended up getting acquitted of both first-degree murder and manslaughter. As you have previously heard, early in 2019, there was a discussion of a retrial because of the mistreatment of Cindy Gladue and the protection the courts failed to provide for her. Seven Supreme Court justices discussed the facts of her case and a solution that should arise because of the mistakes the judge on the case made. Barton will be retried for manslaughter only, which was determined in a 4-3 vote between the seven justices. The three who argued he should be retried for first-degree murder as well argued that the jury's minds were so tainted from the evidence presented that he must be retried for both. Why Barton is not being charged with manslaughter and getting retried for first-degree murder, as the courts are fully aware that it was a sexual encounter between Barton and Glajou that caused her death, does not make sense. The amount of prejudice, racism, and dehumanization in Glajou's case was almost certainly a factor that played a role in this ruling. We cannot change the disgusting facts of Gladue's case, but there must be a change in the justice system so this does not happen to another person again. So what will they do? 
Mandatory sexual assault training is going to be implemented into the courts in the future, but to say this is enough is far from the truth. The racism and the idea that some lives are lesser than others must change. The law is supposed to provide everyone with protection, yet it provided less for Cindy Gladue and many other indigenous women. It is time for the justice system to change. It is time for the justice system to provide justice for all.